is Goliath tottering? Netflix fans, an uncertain future after a recent earnings report. The streaming giant's stock tanked soon after. And the question without an answer is, will they bounce back? Or is this the beginning of a new era? Streaming titan Netflix expected a growth in subscribers in the first quarter of this year. Instead, its subscription numbers have gone down for the first time in 10 years. Netflix is out of Russia after the sanctions, but there's more to it than that. Most COVID restrictions have gone by the wayside, at least in America. People worldwide are getting out of the house more than they have since the beginning of 2020. Add Netflix's growing cost, the sheer number of competitors, and an epidemic of password sharing. No one knows what streaming will look like in the near future. Even the sure things sometimes falter. The only constant in our lives remains Jesus, the resurrected Savior. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris. We're getting to share together the great story that's all about Jesus. And even 2,000 years later, after the resurrection of Jesus, we're still thinking this week about the empty tomb. And that's what we're calling our series this week. Yesterday, we talked about how Jesus appeared to Mary Magdalene at the tomb on that first Easter Sunday. And you know, our Savior was busy that day. Mary wasn't the only person who saw him. Well, now on this program, we're going to think about another meeting Jesus had with two disciples found in the book of Luke, chapter 24. If you've listened to this program for any amount of time, you know this is the passage where Haven Today's theme comes from. It's all about Jesus. And that's exactly what Christ shares with these discouraged disciples. So stay with me as we hear how Jesus turned these downtrodden followers into disciples whose hearts were filled with joy once more. And then after this program, I want to share with you the resurrection documentary for your gift to the ministry. Dr. N.T. Wright believes that the greatest evidence of Christ's resurrection were the followers who were so sad when he died, but were transformed with hope after seeing the risen Christ. The Christian faith is based on the dramatic but seemingly impossible proposition that Jesus of Nazareth rose from the dead. Christianity got going in the first place because the early Christians believed that he had been raised bodily, leaving an empty tomb behind him and thereby launching God's whole new world. I think the early Christians were right. I'm not saying that just because I'm a bishop or even because I'm a Christian. In fact, one of the reasons I am a Christian is because as a historian of the ancient world, I've looked closely at the evidence for Christian origins and it stands up pretty well. The question is, do you have the courage to follow the argument and see where it leads? Dare you agree with me? That's N.T. Wright, a world-class scholar, considered to be the conservative authority on Christ's resurrection. His resurrection DVD was shot on location in Israel, Greece, and England, and traces the historical roots of the resurrection in both the scriptures as well as history. I know it'll encourage you in your faith. It will challenge those also who don't believe to ask the question, Dare you agree with the Bible that Jesus is indeed alive today? Call us after the program, won't you, at 800-65-HAVEN. 
That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit our website. Watch a short video there with Dr. Wright. He'll address the question, is the resurrection historically accurate? You can also make your gift there at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And now, let's open the program with the Gaither Vocal Band. He became sin who knew no sin That we might become His righteousness He humbled Himself and carried the cross Love so amazing Love so amazing Jesus Messiah Messiah 
Jesus Messiah. That's a pretty well-known praise song here opening Haven Today in a program called The Empty Tomb. I'm Charles Morris, and we were listening to the Gaither Vocal Band. Luke chapter 24, and I must say, I am so happy that these particular verses were preserved for us in Scripture. And when we reach this passage, there at the end, the final chapter of Luke, Jesus had already risen from the dead, but of course not everyone knew that. And not all those on that first Easter Sunday who had heard had believed that it was true. But for two of Christ's followers, it would be an afternoon they would never forget. We read these words in Luke 24, starting with verse 13. Now that same day, meaning the first Easter Sunday, Two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles outside Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. I just love that. How long did Jesus walk with them on the road to Emmaus while they were unaware? We aren't sure, but it was a seven-mile journey by foot. And on those rough first-century roads in the Judean hills, a very hilly countryside, I don't think you and I would have liked to have taken that journey. But there they were, walking down the road, chatting with each other. Not really chatting, that's a bad word. They were just talking to each other. They were, they were really downhearted. You can almost see the dust rising between them, can't you? And, and what were they talking about? Well, they were followers of Jesus of Nazareth. So, of course, they were going to be talking about what had happened that prior weekend. Their rabbi, the one they thought was the Messiah, had been crucified on a Roman cross like a criminal. And as they walked along, suddenly there's a third person approaching them. Where on earth did he come from? Ever had someone sneak up on you like that? Well, whoever he was, he began walking with them and talking with them. They were traveling to Emmaus from Jerusalem. They didn't know it yet, but this stranger who joined them was going to Emmaus from the grave. Well, let's read on. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? And they stood still, and their faces were downcast. One of them, in fact, the only one whose name we're given is Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened there in these days? What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they both replied. Ah, here we get to it at last. They must have been quite surprised that this stranger didn't know what they were talking about. Or, to use an older word, they must have been flabbergasted. This was the big news of the week. This man coming from Jerusalem, how could he not know what had all happened? Well, little did they know that he understood what happened far better than they did. After all, it happened to him. But it isn't time for him to be revealed yet. So they told him the story that he already knew so well about how Jesus was a prophet, how he had powerful words and deeds that he performed, and how he had been unjustly executed, even though they thought he was their Messiah. And then they finished by telling him the reports of the women and the disciples that the tomb was empty. Now, we can't be entirely sure what they were thinking and expecting, of course, 
But I think we can be confident that they weren't prepared for what happened next. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Well, did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. The stranger didn't mock them. He didn't even ask more questions. Instead, he began to teach them out of the scriptures, what we today call the Old Testament, Moses and all the prophets. That's quite a description, isn't it? But what Jesus was saying to them is that the Bible tells a single story, cover to cover. And this story was about a suffering Messiah, a prophet, priest, and king who would give his life for his people, and a Messiah who would then enter his glory. God has given us everything we need to know in Scripture, of course. But don't you wish we knew what Jesus said there that day? What a sermon it must have been. The crucified and resurrected Savior preaching about himself from his own word. You see, when we at Haven Today say that we love to tell the great story that's all about Jesus, we do that for good reason. Jesus himself tells us that the story is all about him. Maybe he went to Isaiah 53, 5, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Or maybe a sermon started way back in Genesis 3, where God promised that the seed of the woman would crush the serpent, even though he would be wounded in the process. No matter what part of the Old Testament or Hebrew Bible he started with, he was able to explain the story of God's redemption to them in a way that they had never heard it before. And as Jesus was talking to them, explaining the Bible, they reached their destination, the little village of Emmaus. I can only imagine that their heads were spinning by this point. They were so down in the dumps because they thought Jesus couldn't be the Messiah like they thought. And here this stranger shows up and tells them face to face from the sacred writings that the Messiah had to suffer before his glory. So as they're taking it all in, they beg Jesus to stay with them in the village of Emmaus, spend the night. After all, daylight had run out. So he goes with them. He prepares to eat. And that's where we pick up the story in verse 30. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then, only then, their eyes were opened. They recognized him. And immediately he disappeared from their sight. And they looked at each other and said, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us. So he took bread and broke it just as he had at the last supper. And this act opened their eyes. Jesus, who had purposefully stayed hidden, now revealed himself to them. And then, as soon as they recognized him, poof, he was gone, just like that. And I just have to read the next sentence, because it always makes me smile. They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. Now think about that. 
They'd spent all day traveling on a hot, dusty road to Emmaus, seven miles on foot through those Judean hills. And at the end of it, they almost had their dinner. The bread is broken. It's passed out. And then they recognize Jesus. He disappears. So what do they do? Wait until morning? No way. They immediately went back to Jerusalem. Can't you almost imagine them huffing and puffing the whole way back in the dark, trying to get there as quick as they could? They added their voices to the growing list of witnesses who had seen the risen Christ. And you know, they still witness to us, don't they? And I want to ask you something. Maybe it's not a question you've thought about before. Their hearts burned within them, we're told, as Jesus explained the scripture to them. Ever felt like that? Ever listened to God's word, then realized how true it really was, that it's so good, that it's speaking to you, that it's the greatest story ever told? Do you know why that happens? It happens because Jesus rose from the dead. Now, you may be thinking, hold on, Charles. I've never walked a dusty road with Jesus while he preached to me. Well, that's true, or probably true, but our Savior still speaks to us today, long after his ascension to heaven. Remember what the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 10, verse 14? How, then, can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? That's a pretty good translation. But the Greek is actually a little different. It should really say, how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? In other words, when his word is preached, it is Christ himself who is speaking to his people through the voice of his preacher. And he preaches to us about his crucifixion, but also his resurrection. And that together is the gospel. And that is the good news we need in this world that's so full of bad news. This is the greatest story ever told. And it's the story that's all about Jesus. Prepare our hearts, O God. Help us to receive.
Sovereign Grace, show us Christ on Haven Today in the Empty Tomb. I'm Charles Morris. Earlier in this program, we heard an excerpt from the resurrection documentary that we have with Dr. N.T. Wright. This film was shot on location in Israel, Greece, and England. You get to see, when you watch it, interesting and famous archaeological locations. But even more important... Dr. Wright helps to bring clarity to what the Bible teaches about the resurrection and shows us how it is of utmost importance that Jesus did indeed die and rise again. This movie will encourage your faith in your risen Lord. It'll challenge people you love who don't believe that it really did happen. I'd like to send you the Resurrection DVD as our thanks for your gift supporting the resurrection outreach of Jesus Christ here on Haven Today. Just call us right now at 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or go to our website, watch the video there with Dr. Wright addressing the question, is the resurrection historically accurate? And then you can make your gift and ask for the entire DVD at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And don't forget, Ukraine still needs your help. I was reading a report from a contact in Ukraine, and the situation is worse than we've even heard. No food, housing blown up, refugees still on the run. $50 feeds a family of five for a week. Would you pray about how much you can give to support refugees in and around Ukraine? Our friends at Mission Eurasia are on the ground there, handing out food and hope in Jesus, and 100% of your gifts will go directly to those who need the help right now. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you for joining me so much. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again on Friday, we share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Do you believe in God? I would guess you do. Most people do. But here's the real question. What kind of God do you believe in? People prefer a God who is not confrontational, not judgmental, doesn't ask you to change all that much, who basically encourages you to just try a little harder, a God who won't offend you. This kind of God is just a therapist, even a moralist. It makes explaining why faith in Christ is so importantly difficult. According to Romans 12, we can't make a God in our own image. Instead, God tells us, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We conform, not him. Get closer to Jesus daily. Visit GetAnchor.com.